Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town. There it is, Home Daycare Center. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And since I already mentioned Ryan's going to be on here, I think y'all know what this is going to be about uh, generally. But uh, let's go ahead and kick it to Ryan anyway. Ryan, tell the good people why we got another breaking news edition of this podcast. Well, big big recruiting news, and uh, this this is definitely one that's going to make a bit of a splash uh, this time in the transfer portal. It's not a surprise because it's been uh, kind of been a, a long time coming with uh, with the way things have played out in his recruitment. But Brew McCoy, the USC wide receiver transfer and former five star prospect, has announced he's headed to Tennessee. Uh, big pickup and potentially an immediate impact player. Uh, quite possibly an immediate starter. You know, we'll see how all that plays out and, and plenty to discuss on that front. Uh, but this is a uh, this is a big-time talent and, and a guy that's had, obviously, a, a very up-and-down college career, to say the least, to this point. Some uh, some off-field issues and uh, some, some turbulence in the recruiting process and in his first year of, of his college career uh, where he went back and forth between USC and Texas uh, a couple times in a, in a span of about six months. Uh, so uh, he's been through a lot uh, and hasn't, necessarily played a lot of football so far but uh tennessee obviously has has vetted the situation and and looked into it pretty closely and built a good relationship with him has had a a couple connections to him that helped make this make this move make sense including bayless jones jr a usc wide receiver transfer himself who obviously moved to tennessee and had a lot of success and and now headed to the nfl so uh lots of reasons that this move made sense for both sides uh, and, and, you know, you're not, you're not making a risk-free move here necessarily if you're Tennessee because of everything that's, that's happened to, to Brew McCoy before, but they're betting on the talent and they're betting on, uh, getting a guy that's got a lot to prove, I think, uh, with three years of eligibility left on top of that, uh, you know, I, I don't think he envisions having to use all three of those years, certainly if things go the way he, he would like them to, but, uh, I, I think Tennessee believes it's getting a guy that can really help them right away. Good size, six, three or so, 220 pounds. Uh, another big, imposing, athletic wide receiver who, uh, if things go the way he would like them to, could be, could be at least uh, has a chance to be the starter opposite Cedric Tillman uh, going into this season if things go the way he would he would want. So, uh, a fascinating pickup here, one that will be talked about a lot. Um, but a but a potentially major addition for Tennessee's offense via the transfer portal. Yeah, and when he was in town, um, at least once, you know, maybe it was a month or so ago, whenever it was, I just happened to. He was at a practice or whatever, and and looked across the field, and he looked like a like a linebacker who played for Tennessee who was like injured and couldn't practice that day. I mean, he is huge. He is legitimately like that six three two twenty is not 
an exaggeration. He is large. He is that big, uh, and he is that physically imposing as a wide receiver. Uh, but Ryan, there there are things that, um, as you mentioned, this is not a risk free move, and I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't sort of compartmentalize this into two different things, right? Like let's let's not ignore. Uh, the potential for some red flags that people are going to talk about because we've always been honest with people. We always will be. There are things in his past that at least make you go, hmm, there's no way to deny that. So we're going to talk about that, but we'll also talk about just the pure physical talent of this young man as a football player. This young man a few years ago, I believe it was in the 2019 class he was originally in, was the number nine overall prospect in that entire class, the number one athlete prospect in that class, the number two player in all of California in that class, and all time in the 24-7 sports composite, all time ever one of the top 230 prospects that they that have ever been sort of rated through the industry system. So this is a phenomenal talent there is no question about that and we will talk about that but uh, quickly to to not get these out of the way but to go ahead and and tackle the issue head on let's go ahead and mention it the couple concerns there one would be that this is a young man from california from the powerhouse over there at modern day high school he signs with usc out of high school and then he enrolls and then a couple weeks after that he decides no this isn't right for me i'm going to transfer to texas and then not long after he gets to Texas, he says, no, wait, I made a mistake. I want to go back home. And so he went back to USC, and then he played a little bit as a redshirt freshman. We'll talk about that. There was a lot of promise there in a loaded wide receiver core. He contributed quite a bit, uh, looked like a good prospect. And then last year, things kind of went upside down for him in a way. There was, uh, there was an arrest off the field uh, for a domestic violence uh, allegation, and those charges were eventually dropped. But he could not play last season because there was a Title IX issue because of the arrest that he had to go through at USC. That process didn't get wrapped up until February. But we need to mention, and if we're going to be completely accurate about this, Ryan, every single thing there, the allegation, uh, the the charges, both from the law and from Title IX at USC, all of those charges were dropped. So the, 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 the track record here uh, does not have a ding on it that way. He, none of those things held up. Uh, legally yeah, no, speaking, no ch- he, yeah, no, no. So, so let's be honest, because you're going to see that this is a young man who had domestic violence arrest, and and that stuff needs to be taken seriously. But those charges, no, were no, no, ch- no charges, no charges were filed, and then the Title yeah, Nine case that made. resulted. Yes, yes, go ahead. And uh, and, and no, uh, the the Title Nine case that resulted from that was ultimately dropped in February after he sat out all of last yes, season. So yes. yeah, that um, what that you know what that means did or didn't happen. Obviously, who knows? But it obviously didn't amount to enough for them to proceed with that title nine case, uh, after, after it kind of dragged on for months. So, uh, you know, from, from talking with people who, who are familiar with Brew McCoy and, and who've known him for a long time, in some cases, uh, I, I think the sense is that with all that, that he went through that, that this is a guy that, that knows that some people might be doubting him, obviously knows that some people might not think, think as highly of him because of what, what he's, what his name has been attached to over the past few years. And, and even going back to the, to the sort of drama he had, first year of his college career when he signs with USC transfers to Texas almost immediately. Uh, and then after just going through one semester, there, heads back to USC that summer. Uh, so even going back to that, you know, he, there, there've been some, uh, some decisions he's made that have not been the most flattering probably for his reputation in some ways, but I think he's got, people feel that he's a guy that's maybe gotten, uh, 
you know, he's got a lot to prove, first of all, after all that. And then people who uh, who also think that maybe he's just kind of been gotten raw, uh, gotten a raw into the deal a little bit. Yeah, that, that he's, he's been he's been sort of uh, unfairly characterized, probably as a, a little bit out of this, uh, that he's not uh, stories like this. Obviously, aren't there's not much uh, uh, room for for um, a, a nuance. A, yeah, nuance would be the good way of saying it. Not not a good uh, a good situation for people to take a nuanced view of, of that. You either kind of believe the person or you don't. It's, it's usually how it goes. So uh, naturally, a lot of the people that that see that are are going to say uh, that, that's that's not a good guy or whatever. And I think people feel that that's definitely unfairly characterizing Brew McCoy. And, and just having talked to him a little bit, I, I can I can definitely see that. And he seems like a guy who has uh, a chip on his shoulder and and is kind of going to come to Tennessee very driven to to succeed. And put a lot of this stuff behind him, and and finally show that that all that stuff that he's kind of known for to this point, which is you know essentially six games of a, of a college football career, and and a lot of other stuff that's maybe not as good, um, but that, that a lot of that stuff he's known for is not who he is, and that he can have a successful college career and and ultimately an NFL career that that uh that's fitting of that five star profile he had coming out of high school because he was a big time prospect. I mean that's. All that that happened his first year in college was a big story because Brew McCoy was a very hyped prospect. So yeah, he was. if you're just be- if you're just looking at the talent and the the profile, the player you're getting, there, there's no doubt this upgrades Tennessee's roster. This is a big time pickup. Um, so for the for the addition of the talent and 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 the drive and everything that you're getting here, uh, I think it's a smart bet uh, on Tennessee's part. You know, I, I think there's enough reason there to to believe they're getting a, a player. That that has uh, you know it's clearly not made some of the best decisions so far in his college career, but has 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 gotten you would think some mistakes behind him, and that he can move past them and and, ha- and have a successful career on the field now. And uh, clearly they've they've got reasons to believe that, and they've had long enough to look into it. You know he's been in the transfer portal since January, I believe. Yeah, um, they've had they've had long enough to look into this. I think Tennessee's fully vetted the situation and feels pretty good about the player and the person it's getting. Um, so that there, there's a lot to like about this. And I think Tennessee fans looking at the football side certainly are going to, are going to be pretty excited and, uh, and think he's going to make an, a major impact on this team. And it's been talked about long enough that again, I think people kind of knew it was coming, but it's still a big, big deal for Tennessee to get a guy like this, who was this coveted out of high school and who still, I think had several pretty good options this time, even after what he's been through in the transfer portal. Yeah. I'll say this in probably 20 seconds, hopefully, and get done with this and move on and just talk about football. Uh, any, anyone who's in a situation like his, uh, if charges are dropped in my opinion, and there's no proof of anything else, then, uh, his track record to me is the same as anyone else's. Uh, he, he, you're innocent until you're proven guilty and he was never proven guilty, not even really charged. So, Move on from that, and then with the transfer stuff, I think, listen, it's an 18-year-old kid, and, and sometimes that's just how things go. So I would imagine that because of Tennessee with its history, you know, it wasn't that long ago Tennessee had a Title IX deal of its own. So I think Tennessee's probably sensitive to this stuff. It knows what's going on with the NCAA stuff, you know, still active, ongoing right now with other stuff. So I don't think they're going to be stupid about this. I think they've probably done their homework, and I think we can move on now and talk about just the football side of it and from the pure football side of it, Ryan, uh, anything that, that the only reason, and it's a big reason, but the only reason this isn't like a slam dunk move is because, you know, there were, there were some questions that weren't football related, but pure football stuff. Uh, there is nothing to not like about this young man as a football prospect. Absolutely. And and the big thing about him is he's just a wild card. I mean, that's how I would put it. He's just, he's a talented wild card because in a way you don't really know what you're getting. 
Uh, I think that's maybe more important than the, uh, than the off field stuff uh, in, in a way, because, you know, all that stuff, I think we can assume, yeah, you know, people can, people can mature and, and, and move on and, and whatever that's, that stuff doesn't define them. But uh, on, the, on the football side of things, you still don't know what you're getting because he's only played six games, essentially his college career, he redshirted his first year uh, after all that transfer drama and then sits out and then, all he's had so far is a COVID shortened year. Remember the PAC 12 didn't play a full yep. season that year. Uh, no one did really, but he, he played even less of a full season, played only six games. Uh, and then that's in that six games, he caught 21 balls for more than 200 yards, a couple touchdowns and, and a pretty talented receiving core that was led by Amon Ross St. Brown, yeah. uh, who's obviously succeeding in the NFL so far. Uh, Drake London, who is, uh, who, who is obviously headed to the NFL and, and has a bright future uh, in, in a lot of people's minds. And, and another guy uh, that was ahead of him on that on that roster, I think Tyler Vaughn's, uh, that that got a chance on a on an NFL practice squad last year, and uh, and and still still in the league. So that that's a that's a pretty talented receiving core he was part of, and he still was very productive that year as kind of a rotational guy. And last year was supposed to be his big breakout year. Um, to to not get that chance, I'm sure was a huge letdown to him. And so you're getting a guy who's now he's going to be almost two years removed from his last college football game when he plays. Uh, in his first game at Tennessee. And so you're getting a guy who, he, he, you know, is, is he in playing shape the day he arrives? Does he have a little work to do? I think he's probably kept himself ready to go, but that's always a little bit of a question. Physically, and you're just a guy- physically last time I saw him look pretty damn good, if I'm being honest. But you never I was gonna fo- say, fo- Football shape is yeah. a different thing, but, I mean, he physically is remarkable, basically. look Looks great, yeah. D- does not have any – certainly no bad weight or anything like that. Looks like a, a specimen of an athlete. And uh, and no question, I think you're you're getting someone who's – Again, with everything he's got to prove, I think he's going to come in ready to go. But you just these are questions that you have about him just because you don't know for sure. He hasn't been going through practices. He hasn't had an offseason workout uh, routine to go through and things like that. So uh, so we'll see what he's what he's like when he gets on campus. But this is it's just a wild card because you haven't seen much more than those six games. that he got to play in 2020 at USC. So uh, the potential is there. He was in position to have a breakout year last year. So you think the talent is there. USC certainly thought it was there before all that stuff hit the fan. So uh, there's no question that this has a has a very high ceiling, uh, this move, uh, for, from Tennessee's perspective. It could really take this offense to another level in a way if it works out because you've got some other promising receivers that I think before this move, Tennessee was already feeling that it had some potential in guys like Jalen Hyatt and you know some of the freshmen they brought in, like Chaz Nemrod, Squirrel White. Uh, you've got guys who played before, like Ramel Keaton, Jimmy Callaway, and Jimmy Holiday. Still some talent there coming on. So you've got other options there. Now you maybe just potentially only need a couple of those guys to play a big role. And then you throw in Brew McCoy if he lives up to the hype. I mean, this this can make a huge impact on Tennessee's offense. And you throw him in there with obviously an experienced quarterback in Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman on the other side. It's It's got the potential to really – take Tennessee's offense to another level this year, I think. Yeah, and Ryan, there's one big idea that I kind of want to bounce off you, um, and I don't want to really do like a huge teaser about it because uh, we just we're, we're due for a break right now. So there's a question I really want to ask you and something I, that I'm not sure people have necessarily thought enough about but I think is interesting. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back up and pick up this discussion on a big, big day for Tennessee football here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard from a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center there across town, talking about a big, big day for Tennessee football, a big, big get out of the transfer portal, portal, portal. Brew McCoy, uh, one of the uh, higher-rated prospects who really has, has ever been in, in the recruiting system. Uh, a guy who, who's got a past but uh, thinks he's tried to move on from it and he's getting a fresh start at Tennessee, has three years of eligibility left, a big physical wide receiver with lots of talent, lots and lots to discuss about him, and we'll get right back to that after uh, I, I tell you, or, or not tell you, this is not a command, it's a, it's a request, a polite request. Please take about 60 to 90 seconds out of your day right now if you can. Please go in there and subscribe to this podcast. Please rate and review it also. Um, But if you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps us out is if you go in there and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No problem there. That's the only thing we ask. Uh, please go in there, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. All that good stuff helps us out a lot, helps us add wolves to this wolf pack, as we've done for years, and it's a big deal. So if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, go yourself. That's the, uh, that's the policy uh, until someone tells me it can no longer be the policy. Ryan, I was thinking about something with this whole Brew McCoy thing, and what's interesting to me is that the narrative – I guess I should say hashtag narrative, like, you know, right when the whole Pruitt era ended and Hypel came, was all the guys who left Tennessee. I don't know what it was, like 30 guys, 27, 32. It was some huge number that in like a calendar year, those many guys put themselves into the transfer portal and or left Tennessee. And that was the big narrative. But when you also look at it from the other side of it, Tennessee has not become, I wouldn't say like a second chance you, but a lot of guys in the past year or two have transferred to Tennessee and they've sort of remade themselves as as football players. And and I think that you go look at the roster now, obviously Javante Payton was was you know no longer there, uh, who came from Mississippi State. Uh Bayless Jones, who like Brew McCoy was at USC. Uh look at the quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Uh, you know, you you look at um a couple guys uh, like uh, the you know Byron Young coming out of JUCO. Uh, you look at some guys on this Tennessee team, and there are others. Um, you know, Kam- you know Kamal Haddon, last year certainly Brandon Turnage making himself SEC Player of the Week. There for all the talk of all the guys Tennessee lost in the portal, 
Tennessee has also become a place where guys have come to sort of, you know, remake themselves, I guess, uh, you know, as Hamilton would say about America. But it just seems like there are some guys who are, you know, maybe we're not talking enough about what Tennessee's done addition-wise from the portal. Yeah, no, no question that last year, I mean, that's obviously one of the, one of the big stories is, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker and, and Bayless Jones, two of the guys that uh, spearheaded that team last year were both transfer additions, both by the former staff, uh, ironically. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of the funny thing. That's uh, one of the last parting gifts from the Jeremy Pruitt era was Hendon Hooker. And, uh, you know, obviously all the attention shifted to Joe Milton last spring, but Hooker ended up being the one that was the, the, the prized addition that sort of turn things around for Tennessee at the quarterback position. But yeah, I think having that resume and that track record of with, with successful transfers helped Tennessee with the guy like Brew McCoy. And I think in particular that, that personal connection to Bayless Jones and, and having Bayless Jones be able to say, Hey, look, it, this move was great for me. This offense was perfect. It, it's going to, it's going to be a, uh, a good fit for you. You can have success there. And, and, and Tennessee made a good move, I think too. Um, his, his recruitment essentially was, was wrapped up and shut down by the, uh, by the time he finished his official visit to Tennessee, uh, back early in spring practice. But the, the, the weekend they brought him in for his official visit and they could have chosen, you know, almost any weekend happened to be the weekend Bayless Jones jr. Was back in town for the NFL com or for Tennessee's pro day. Um, and that, that gave them a chance to sort of hang out through the weekend. He got to hang out with obviously Chase McGrath, another former USC player that, that knew him there, yeah. uh, that, that spent some time with him that weekend. And they had uh, another a, they had guy, another. another guy who's, who's, who's done some good things since coming to Tennessee, just like Cade Mays also Dejon Terry, the list goes on. Yeah. And, and Caleb Tremblay, another guy that was yeah. at Tennessee last year, they had cut, they've got kind of a USC pipeline thing going almost, yeah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the fact that they'd had the success story of Avalis Jones in particular and, and that their relationship, I think did, make a big difference for Tennessee and, and, and help them kind of emerge as, as maybe the favorite or one of the teams to beat certainly before he even visited Tennessee's campus. So uh, yeah, I think he, he already had the idea kind of in the back of his mind that, Hey, this might be a good fit. And then when he came there and saw it for himself, I think he, he pretty much knew that's where he wanted to go. So it was a, it was a big deal to have that. And yeah, I think when you have a, a track record, you know, Tennessee's not going to have a slogan for it. You know, they're not going to do the Lane Kiffin transfer to the SIP thing that Ole Miss is trying to, you know, brand itself as like transfer sure. you. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, I think. But, 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 everyone's, it's the, but it's the reality of the world we're in now. It is. It is. Everybody's doing it. Alabama's pulled some great players out yes. of the transfer portal. Yes. I mean, everybody's got to do it now in Tennessee. It's, a, it's important to have, to have some success with the transfers you get. And, and no question, I think Tennessee's started to, to get a good enough track record that certainly with guys like Brew McCoy, it's going to make them more appealing to those types of players uh, that they've had some success now with guys like Hooker, Bayless Jones, and others, like you mentioned. Yeah, and if, if all Brew McCoy had done was just talk to Caleb Tremblay, I don't know if they had any kind of relationship when they were teammates at USC, but Caleb Tremblay was like a walking billboard for like promoting Tennessee football. Because every time you talk to the guy, he was like, man, I was at SC and it was fun, but my God, this place is amazing. Like every time we talked to Caleb Trudre, he, he was like the happiest guy in the world. Uh, and he felt like, man, like this football is like a big deal here, man. This is kind of awesome. You know, he was just, he had that kind of attitude about things. And, uh, you know, Brew McCoy also spent some time in Texas. So, I mean, you know, it's not like people care about football is going to be like a big, huge deal to him because he's seen this stuff. But I just, you know, I find that stuff fascinating that the that the narrative for so long, and understandably so, was about all the guys Tennessee lost, when if you look at the guys they lost versus some of the guys that they were able to, to convince to come to Tennessee, they haven't had such a terrible end of that deal, I think. I just, I think that stuff, 
uh, naturally got overplayed a little bit last year. But in terms of, of Ryan, how, how this guy fits this offense, obviously USC's offense uh, when he was there, it did not look the same as, you know, what Tennessee's offense is going to be now. And he spent such a negligible amount of time at Texas that I don't think that really matters. But in terms of just moving to this style of offense, getting used to this pace, because we know playing wide receiver in this offense is different. Like if you run a, a route deep downfield, you just kind of peel off and you're not in for the next play or something. Like they just go so fast, it's ridiculous. He'll have to adjust to that. But how do you think he fits in if he's that guy on the opposite side of Tillman? And if he's on the opposite side of Tillman, you can't really double both of those guys. And, and that seems like a good situation. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, th- this is uh, this is a really if it plays out that way, this is this is a really tough offense to to match up with because they're all about creating favorable matchups mm-hmm. across the field anyway. Lots of space, uh, and and you get receivers out there that command that much attention, uh, and, and it's going to make things easier for your run game. It, it's gonna it could have a transformative effect on Tennessee's offense, which has already obviously put up big numbers last year. So no, no question, I think this is a. Uh, you know, again, he's a wild card, so you don't know for sure that you're getting a guy. He hasn't done it yet, so you can't say you're getting a possible thousand yard receiver or, or whatever. But I think he's got that kind of talent level that you'd, you'd say something like that is at least on the table in this offense. That if he, you know, maybe it's not this year, even maybe it's next year, but whatever the case, he's got the potential to put up those kinds of numbers. Uh, and especially with the the attention that Cedric Tillman is going to going to draw from opposing defenses. Which which guy do you choose to if you could double team one even which one do you double team? Yeah, I mean, what, I, that's I don't what know. I'm who, saying. I mean, I don't know. How, and, and and if you do, regardless, you're spending a lot of time on the perimeter with those guys. And so for the tight ends, the slots, the backs, I mean, you got room for days. Yeah, uh, and this is another physically imposing guy who who has good speed, so he can do a little bit of everything. He can go up and get it in a jump ball situation. Uh, he's fast enough to to take one the distance if you, if you get it to him down the field. Uh, and, and yet, you know, he, he can, uh, he can just kind of use his body to, to shield guys out and make the, make the catch for an eight yard gain on, on third and six, you know, to move the chain. So he can do a little bit of it all. And, and that's, that's in, an impressive skill set to have. It's hard to find. So, uh, th- this is, a you know, again, it's a big, big deal. And I think it, let's not forget about the impact it could have on other receivers. I mean, Tennessee yep. playing those guys in the slot where Valus Jones Jr. Obviously put up such big numbers last year. I mean, this could be as big a deal for Jalen Hyatt or, or whoever's in the slot as anybody in Tennessee's offense with the attention, those guys might, might draw on the outside. It, it could really open things up across the middle for, for a Hyatt or, or some of Tennessee's tight ends, anyone like that uh, to also benefit from this. So this, again, it, it, you got to, you got to caution it with, if he lives up to the hype, sure, if he's yeah, as good I mean, as we, we think he can yeah, be. Yeah, we, we, we have to couch it, but still that doesn't change yeah. the fact that it's possible. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and, and look, I've spoken with, I, you know, we, we've got a story up on the site with uh, some comments from Greg Biggins, our, our West Coast analyst, who has covered Brew McCoy for a long time. And he, he he's very still very high on, on Brew McCoy. He, he was absolutely convinced that McCoy was going to have a big year at USC last year. And that was in an offense that, you know, has, has not necessarily put up the numbers Tennessee has and, and in a system that's not as proven uh, and, and, and such a known commodity as Josh Heupel's offense. So you plug in a guy like this in that kind of system and it, it, the, the results could be, could be pretty remarkable. We'll, we'll see if it plays out that way. But the, again, this is a, a very high ceiling move to me. This is that this could end up being numbers alone. I mean, uh, Tennessee's had a lot of talented receivers over the years, but numbers wise alone, I mean, the, when's the last time Tennessee had 2000 yard receivers at the same time? 
I mean, to me, that's the kind of thing that's on the table with the, with the tandem like Tillman and Brew McCoy if McCoy is as good as advertised. And I think that's something at least at least is very much on the table with his talent. And you know what I really like too is I like that that from day one that he's at Tennessee, he steps into not just a, a team, not just a unit, but a position group that's led by a guy whose work ethic has sort of been transformative in some ways for Josh Heupel and that Tennessee program. And that's that's Tillman. Uh, Tillman is a guy who there how many times Josh Heupel it sounded like he was a broken record every time he was asked anything about any receiver anytime he was given any reason to mention Tillman or not mention Tillman he would still mention Tillman and how hard the kid worked every single day he said it throughout that spring he said it throughout the offseason he said it throughout last season and basically he almost kind of I don't know if he projected just how big the kid would become but he basically was like, this kid's going to be good because this kid works harder than anybody else on the team. And he's in the building more than anybody else. He comes to work every single day. He doesn't complain about injuries. He gets his treatment. He goes to work. And that's a guy who, I mean, we heard Jalen Hyatt talk about it in the spring, about how the more he sat down and thought about it, he just, you know what? He was like, the coaches kept talking about how hard Cedric was working, and look what he did. And so, you know, you had a guy like Hyatt saying, how disappointing was I last year? I really kind of got a little high on myself. I wasn't, you know, working as hard as I need to. I'm going to get back to to being the best version that I can be because I got to push myself as hard as that guy pushes himself every day. You put a guy like McCoy with that talent into that into that kind of a that kind of a a, a meeting room or that sort of a position group uh, that could that could add a lot of good things. No, no question. And 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 on top of that, I'll add this: we we talked about how driven Brew McCoy is going to be to kind of put his past yep. behind him yep. and, and finally start making a name for himself on the field, uh, the way he started to in 2020. I, I think on top of that, let's face it: we can talk all we want about how Brew McCoy's got three seasons left. I think in a, in a perfect world, Brew McCoy envisions being a one and done. Mm-hmm. I think Brew McCoy, he's already spent three years in college. Like, he's like, ready to like, get to the like NFL. Like Cordell or Patterson who came to Tennessee thinking like, I'm going to yeah. be here for a few months and that's all right. Yeah. And, and look, a lot of guys come to that basketball, football, whatever. A lot of guys come to a school with that thought, at least in their mind. But the bottom line is that thought is probably in Brew McCoy's mind, even if just in the back of his mind, that he would like to have, he would like to come to Tennessee, be an immediate success and get onto the NFL because he's, he's spent three years in college and doesn't have a lot to show for it so far. And guys want to get to the NFL as quickly as they can, so they can, you know, maximize those money-making years before their age starts working against them. That's just how it is. So get get to the second uh, contract as quickly as possible. No question. So, so you're getting a very driven guy going into what, what would, what we'd say is a contract year, you know, in the pros that that's, that's essentially what both of those guys are going to be. So you're going to have, you got Brew McCoy already with, I think, a very pro-like mindset coming in where he's like, I've got to go earn my future now. I've got to go show that I'm an NFL player and get myself to the next level. And Cedric Tillman obviously came back to improve his stock too. So, I, I you know, I love as a, as a fan of pro teams, I love getting guys who are in walk years, uh, getting ready for their next big contract because you know they're driven to play their absolute best and maximize their numbers. I think you're getting that in Brew McCoy and Cedric Tillman too. I think you're getting two very motivated receivers who think this could be their last year in college. For Tillman, he, he pretty much knows it is. For, for McCoy, maybe not so much. But I think in a perfect world, he'd love for it to play out that way. And Tennessee would probably be okay with that because if he's good enough to leave after this year, that means they've gotten some pretty good production out of Brew McCoy. Yeah, I love it when people talk about that like that's a bad thing. Like a, like a guy would be, man, if he's only like a one-and-done type, like – Man, is that good? Yes, it's good. 
Stop it with that nonsense. Of course it's good. That means that he balled out for your team. That means that he put up silly numbers and he's ready to go pro, which means that he's put up great numbers. He's elevated your his game. He's elevated your brand. I mean, he's done what he needed to do. It's a good thing. You know, you'd like to replace him, obviously, but, you know, it's a good thing for your program. Uh, and right, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, saying, and let's face it, it may not work out that way. I'm just saying the fact that that thought is in Brew McCoy's mind on some level, probably it's, it's, it's a good thing for all parties involved. And maybe, you know, maybe he only has six or 700 yards this year and feels like he needs to come back to improve his stock. What, and that wouldn't be a bad year either, but just, you know, the fact that he's thinking that way, I think is, is further evidence that he is going to come in very driven, very, uh, with a very, uh, a workmanlike mentality to kind of follow in Cedric Tillman's footsteps, as you're saying, and that you're going to have two pretty, uh, pr- pretty professional guys that, that are, are going about their business the right way on a daily basis and trying to do everything they can to put themselves in the NFL, because that's what's on the line for them. They're both trying to earn their way and trying to earn a big paycheck in the NFL. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, Brew McCoy is probably not going to get though is the number four. I don't think he's going to, be getting that one. I think Cedric Tillman's got the stranglehold on that one for now. It's a good good point. <laughs> and also, yep. I think he wore five at Texas. That's Hendon Hooker's number. So you're gonna have to get a new number, bro. But um, but but still, that's 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 not such a bad problem to have. And last thing, Ryan, just in terms of you know, does this this sort of addition, what does this do for you know? I, for recruiting at the wide receiver position, does it change anything? Because I would think his dynamic as – let's not assume he's a one-and-done, but it's a sort of a possibility perhaps. Does this change anything for, for Tennessee's playing as a wide receiver? I can't imagine that it does. I, I don't think so. I, I think because of that possibility being out there, because he's a guy who's already spent three years in college, you have to approach it as a year-to-year thing. So you, you don't know if he'll be for sure back for 2023. And I'm sure if you're Tennessee, you're hoping you get at least a couple years out of him, but you just don't know yet. Um, so, yeah, we've already seen Tennessee being very active with some highly ranked wide receivers battling for guys like Carnell Tate. And you know, they missed out on Kyler Casper. But, uh, you know, ha- having some good good players on the board and, and, you know, Cameron Selden out of Virginia, another highly ranked guy uh, that, that's kind of a, a, a jack of all trades, you know, maybe a sort of a, a, a Debo Samuels type that can play receiver but also can line up in the backfield sometimes. You know, they, they've got some fun names on the board like that that are highly ranked guys. Sure, they're not going to land all of them, but if they can get even a couple of those guys to come in and kind of be the next generation uh, after Cedric Tillman and maybe Brew McCoy are gone, that's a, that, that's a good situation. So, yeah, I think they're, they're attacking that position pretty aggressively, continuing to try to upgrade the talent there as they're, as they're doing at every position. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they've got a five-star quarterback in their class in, in Nico Yamaliava, and, and having, having a chance to pair him with some exciting receivers, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. So they're, they're certainly being aggressive in trying to address that position We'll see who they ultimately get, but I think they're they're probably going to get at least a, a highly ranked guy or two, if I had to guess, at, at that spot, just based on the way they've attacked it so far and, and the types of players they're at least in the running for. Yeah, and the, the amount of production they can point to on the board, too, probably helps, I would imagine, because – you know, we'll see if, if Tennessee wins championships and all that in the Heupel era. But, you know, by God, they're going to score points. <laughs> they're going to no do, question. They're, they're going to score well, points by the bushel as long as he's there, probably. Well, and let's not forget, they, they're starting to, to develop, a you know, Josh Heupel, he, he had a pretty good offensive track record before he got to Tennessee. But you need to, you need name brands to sell, too. And they're starting to get that a little bit more because, you, you know, you've already got Gabe Davis, who's starting to make a name for himself at the NFL level, uh, playing playing well for the Bills in the playoffs last year and potentially on the verge of really breaking out, you know, so, so you've got a guy like that who did it at UCF. And now you've got some guys at Tennessee, like Bayless Jones, Cedric Tillman that have, that have done it here. So 
you're starting to, to have a lot more to point to, and that's only going to continue to make Tennessee a more attractive uh, place for, for wide receivers to go and, and put up big numbers in this offense that's obviously pretty receiver-friendly and pretty quarterback-friendly in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And I think, you know, hey, like we said, this is not a, a risk-free move, but I, I would counter that by saying nothing in life is risk-free, and this is a, a potential risk that has really, really, really enormous rewards. So uh, do not have a problem at all with Tennessee doing this. I think this is something that could be really – really big for the Vols. Ron, you got anything else before we step out here? Uh, just, just want to, to add to what's already, you know, kind of, kind of obvious, you know, they're, they're, they're never done with transfer portal recruiting, but we'll, you know, we'll see who else they're able to get. As you said, not a risk-free move, nothing ever is, but uh, with some of the guys out there in the transfer portal this year, you know, at, especially the ones leaving after the spring semester, you're just not going to get many guys who are, who are that proven. And so to get a guy like Brew McCoy this time of year is a, is a big, big deal, and, and we'll, we'll see who they can pair him with in the transfer portal to, to, to patch up this team and this roster going into this season. But I, I think this is a nice – this will be one of the big additions that we're talking about all year and, and how well it works out. We'll you know, potentially have a lot to say about how good this team is, but this is one of those moves that I think could take Tennessee you – know, th- this could be the difference in winning or losing a game. You know, this is one of those additions yeah. that, maybe, that maybe it makes you a win better this year. It's, it's potentially got that kind of impact on this team, I think. Yeah, just like Hendon Hooker's return did. I mean, it, it could be the difference in, in a game or two. I mean, that's just kind of kind of how it is. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for the time, unless you got anything else. No, that's it. Thanks, Wes. I, I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, man. See you. And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just You never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that. 
for free in perpetuity, you also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free, tons of exclusive stuff. Uh, that you can only find, like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount+. Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids, all of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it. Right there, something for the entire family and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports. Uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Syria, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour. You get everything on there. And we you get all of that and our site, all of it for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.